Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming globally on the net at WSOU.net. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have back in our studio Mr. Kenneth A. Goodwin Jr., who is the founder and the managing principal and president of Genesis Capital Market. As you know, uh, this is a series that we're, we've been doing over the last few weeks, and I'm so happy to have uh, Kenneth back in the studio. Kenneth, welcome to the program. Darrell, thank you again for having me back on the show. It's always a pleasure to be here, and as you mentioned, it is a series, and it's been fun. It's been really fun to have these conversations with you and to share our experiences both in blockchain, fintech, as well as artificial intelligence. So I'm looking forward to our conversations today. You know, what I'm really looking forward to, because as you know, we're going to have you back as a regular guest. As blockchain is developing, uh, for us to go back to some previous interviews and see if some of our predictions are coming true over, over time. Because uh, as you know, leadership has been on the air since 2009. And uh, God willing, as long as they'll have me back, uh, we'll be on the air in two t- in, in, in 2029. But uh, let's jump in. We wanted to, um, over the last four weeks, um, we've talked about blockchain. We talked about fintech. We talked about AI. We had your good friend and partner, James Smith, on from Catapult Research uh, on. So today, what we want to do with so our audience will be able to understand the great morsels that we're going to provide them. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, the updates in regards to the Hong Kong Economic Development Forum. We're going to give some updates. uh, Well, you're going to give some updates from Davos, uh, what was discussed there. Uh, We want to talk about the NYIT Second Annual Blockchain AI Conference. And uh, you're going to make an announcement about the fund that you're about to launch in the third quarter the 144 BF fund. And then, of course, we want to talk about what's happening in the world economics with this China trade deal in IP and why it's important for all of us to understand. So we got a full, we, this is, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, put your seatbelts on because we're covering a lot of great topics. And we're going to get started with the overview from uh, Mr. Mr. Goodwin to talk about, give us the updates on blockchain, fintech, and AI. Sure, sure. And and let's start off with the the idea of the biggest disruptors in the financial markets that's occurring in 2019. Uh, at the Asian Financial Forum uh, that was held in Hong Kong uh, this year, between January 14 and 15. And just to give you a broad overview, Darrell, of the Asian Financial Forum, the Hong Kong Trade Development Council uh, they are a cross-border trade, uh, non-for-profit organization. Uh, so they do work for the uh, Chinese government. And they are a strategic partner with Genesis Capital Markets. And we worked well with them for the past two years on specific initiatives, one being FinTech, financial technology, the other one, of course, being blockchain, and the other one, of course, being artificial intelligence. So we were the delegate uh, kind of promoter for their big Asian financial forum conference that they have every year in Hong Kong. And this conference, Darrell, is based on cross-border deals, um, and and the deals could across multiple asset classes, multiple industries, 
but the goal is to match make between investors and those individuals that want to, their own firms and have projects and so forth. Uh, and every year they turn out anywhere between 2,000 to 3,000 uh, representatives, guests, executives. This year was kind of interesting this year because this year, Darrell, you had the air of what was going on between the trade issue or the trade challenges between the U.S., United States, and China. Uh, but what the audience were left with was what they perceived to be the biggest disruptors uh, in the financial markets in 2019. Uh, you'd be amazed. Artificial intelligence was number one at, at 100%. AI was at 30%. Uh, so we know when the AI was considered to be one of the biggest disruptors. And as we mentioned in our prior conversations, we talked about the different types of AI industries that could disrupt uh, blockchain, uh, ironically, it was at 13%. And when we say blockchain, the focus and emphasis, Darrell, was on enterprise blockchain solutions. So the idea is, is being able to create a pure blockchain project that has some teeth, uh, that had a team in place, a staff in place, uh, that was able to have an impact and, and be used uh, within the institutional side, but also the retail side. Uh, big data analytics uh, was at 22%. So there's this, this big notion that big data hasn't really gone away yet. And then when you look at this all together, artificial intelligence, blockchain, big data is really key. Uh, it's a key uh, implement, impetus uh, between those two. So big data analytics was at 22%. Uh, what surprised me was the rise of virtual banks. And the rise of virtual banks was at 21%. So the idea that there would be more of uh, these virtual banks, uh, and virtual banks being not having a physical location, but most importantly, being able to do a transaction directly between you and I. So we wouldn't have to have a third party involved, just a bank as an entity. There'll be a much more increase in impetus on a rise of this. To occur so that as if the audience were anticipating more and this could be as a result Darrell of the increase in artificial intelligence technology blockchain of course big data the way big data is being used uh, both on the analytical side but also on the usage uh, that could be the led to the rise of more banks implementing these types of technologies in their operations so they become more virtual even though they may be more uh, traditional, but they also lead into a virtual aspect. Uh, the other component of this, cryptocurrencies and rise initial coin offerings, strangely enough, still at 6%. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think that would be a topic, but I guess this is mainly as a result of the fact that ICOs are still being used overseas. So you look at overseas jurisdictions, uh, such as Switzerland, uh, Hong Kong, uh, other locations, Malta, uh, they're still using the initial coin offering as a way to raise the initial capital to operate on a cryptocurrency or blockchain project. So there's still this interest in the use of the initial coin offering to raise capital. And that, of course, meaning having a white paper and going around and, and promoting that white paper, but also having the design and, and discussing the design. And then the fifth one is really intriguing, regulatory technology, RegTech. 
at 5%. Uh, I actually thought that would be a little bit higher because of the changes in, in technology. I would think that there would be an opportunity for RegTech to increase because you have the components of dealing with risk, uh, which is credit, liquidity, market operational risk. But you also have the notion of policies and procedures that needs to be built out. So I find it's very interesting that the audience thought this way. Um, I actually personally, I think that RegTech would be a lot much more uh, impactful. I think it's going to probably be around 10% more as, as we start to promote, even more than that, uh, Darrell, uh, as we start to uh, look into ways that blockchain can be implemented more in the society here in the U.S. Wow. That is a very, very fascinating and, and interesting report. Is there a website where one can go to to get access to what you've just shared? Sure, sure. The Asian Financial Forum have the Hong Kong Trade, Trade Development Council, and that's the ATD uh, Underneath that, you will find the Asian Financial Forum, and they have uh, this amazing chart. And actually, we use this chart. I've kind of teased the audience a bit <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> right. uh, I don't think the audience will, but the way that we were promoting the radio and the announcements was using this particular chart. And that was my way to say, hey, here's something that um, occurred and here's something that um, will be very useful. But at that particular site, you'll see the graphs and you also get a chance to, uh, to get some feedback. I mean, there's some, there's some other feedbacks, too, that occurred uh, also that I didn't mention, Darrell. Uh, and, and a lot of it has to do with the U.S. trade tensions. Um, there's an impact to that. And I know that we want to talk about that a little bit later, but the audience felt 77%, which is an enormous percentage, 77% felt like that was going to be the biggest risk to global markets uh, in 2019, uh, more so than Brexit. You know, Brexit was at 6%. Uh, they felt like Brexit's the fiscal discipline in Europe would have a, a, a minimal impact. Um, and you find that also that same sentiment was very interesting. That same sentiment is also found in Davos, uh, where you know, Davos, it was, again, the U.S. trade, China, U.S.-China trade tension was very high on everyone's mind. Uh, the other areas are cybersecurity breaches, which I thought would be higher, was at 7%, uh, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And the monetary policy normalization uh, at 10%. I think that number is a little bit lower. Now, given what happened with the Federal Reserve and how the Federal Reserve came back out, and you know James Smith with Catapult Research uh, had a, a great conversation on that. So I would imagine that the cybersecurity breaches would be a lot higher, maybe in the double digits, as a result of, of the technology. And how can you strengthen that uh, as technology grows? Wow. <clears throat> and... Um... And Davos was outside of that very, very important topic. Um, did they talk about any other items as it relates to blockchain and AI, or did they encompass it all in that one conversation? Yes, and, and Davos, uh, which this year Davos was quite interesting. Um, we were invited, uh, Genensis was invited 
uh, to the first blockchain economic forum in Davos. And, and, and the blockchain economic forum had uh, been around for quite uh, some period of time, Darrell. It's been around, I believe, for three years. Uh, this one was here in New York City, and, and I, was, uh, I was a feature speaker at the very first blockchain economic forum. And the Blockchain Economic Forum is, is managed by Lotoken. Lotoken is a, it's not an exchange. Uh, the, so the business model has changed from being a, a uh, blockchain uh, asset tokenization firm to now being an exchange where they actually look at blockchain projects and they put them on the exchange and they list them. Uh, the great thing about these forums, the forums attract a plethora of industry experts. And those that goes from uh, both the regulatory side to the actual uh, financial side and also blockchain experts. So you have individuals uh, from uh, the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission, from the uh, CFTC, the Commodity Financial uh, Trade Commission, uh, Council, excuse me, uh, Commission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, as well as the other agencies. Um, and you also have um, blockchain influencers. Mm -hmm. So Mike Novogratz, uh, you have uh, Tim Draper. You know, you have several influential investors and speakers there, including the experts. And they would say I was an expert. This year was quite interesting. Uh, this year, we didn't attend this year, but we were very much plugged in. We had someone to represent us. Uh, that went out there and we followed eventually we followed through a lot of the the video uh, media coverage that had there this year the emphasis was on one trying to concentrate on what is blockchain so as a result of the the cryptocurrencies the decline in cryptocurrencies as you would know a lot of these blockchain firms have lost uh, token value and because they lost token value, a lot of these firms have started to downsize their operations, close down shops, uh, and move on, basically. So the, the number of blockchain firms operating has declined substantially. And these are listed firms. Doesn't mean like the pipeline has, uh, has been minimized. The pipeline is still there. So you still have a pipeline of blockchain companies, but it's a lot much more challenging to raise the capital that they raised before using the initial coin offering. So that has changed substantially. So the discussion was based on what is it, what is a blockchain? What is a true blockchain system? And, and how do you build the enterprise structure to support that? And that means uh, focusing on having a, a plan in place, a blockchain plan or an actual business plan in place making sure that you have your policies, your procedures, your governance in place. Governance was the key behind this. And also focusing on the types of user case projects, projects that are really having a impact. Uh, the payment custody settlement is one of them. We talked about this in our first blockchain um, discussion, Darrell, the types of industries that would have an impact. Uh, insurance be another one. Tokenization being a, a key topic, but tokenizing on real assets. You know, there, was, there was discussions behind using gold 
as a way to create and to tokenize because the price of gold uh, doesn't move as much or as frequently. Um, I have some questions behind that. I think gold is, they're onto something with gold. I mean, the gold prices don't move, but again, you're buying into the future price of gold. Uh, gold is a, a resource uh, that you don't have a lot on the planet. So there's not a lot of gold in the oil, I mean, in the earth. So if you look at the actual supply of gold, it's, it's, quite, it's quite small compared to the demand of it. Demand is a lot higher than the supply, which tells me that you're buying into the future price of gold. Um, bromide is, was an, another topic where uh, bromide can be used as a way because you have a, a large supply of bromide, you're able to tokenize that. Uh, where let's say you and I, we buy into the token, we actually buy and we get a, we're buying into an actual physical component of bromide. So what happens here is a lot of people don't look at the operations when they talk about asset tokenization. So that was the key uh, discussion, uh, whether uh, tokenization could be done and will be done across multiple asset classes. Um, there was a very influential guest speaker uh, who was well-known uh, economist, I won't say his name <laughs> to protect my name. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, but but the public knows this gentleman. Uh, he, he's well recognized. He's on news and on TV, CNBC, mm -hmm. Wall Street Journal. Uh, in fact, he he was very. They call him Doctor Doom. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. the best way to let the public know who I'm right. speaking about. Right. Mm -hmm. But he he emphasized that you know, and he's been emphasizing for a period of time that cryptocurrencies will eventually die eventually fall out bitcoin will run its course uh which was a discussion was whether or not bitcoin will continue to prolong as that uh kind of substitute for for fiat currency that the, the purpose behind bitcoin was a payment and settlement solution mm -hmm. and whether or not it ran its course uh, we had jim uh jane smith of catapult research uh a couple of weeks ago, uh, looking at WD GAN. What's interesting about this, GAN actually states that Bitcoin will go up, that Bitcoin will increase in price. Uh, that what's interesting is that uh, even though we have this China-US trade dispute, this, it kind of seems to be a kind of interconnection between that and Bitcoin going up. Now, that's totally the opposite compared to the strategist uh, Bloom, Bloomberg, I'm going to be very respectful of that individual too, mm -hmm. uh, who believes that the price of Bitcoin will drop or have a, a, um, a potential drop in a lot lower in price, you know, below 1200 and even lower than that. Um, but Yan is actually predicting that Bitcoin is $6,600. So it's going to go up to those key levels. And those levels are very critical from a mining operation perspective. Uh, it gives the initiative for miners to go in and to start to go in and, and resolve the, the um, and, and one to make money, but also to be the intermediary to, to make sure that these transactions are being uh, done. Right. So <clears throat> that's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, I mean, and of course the reinforcement of, of, the exchanges, uh, that was another topic. 
there's a lot of exchanges out there. So the idea is that there may be too many exchanges. Uh, there could be a consolidation of exchanges uh, that may occur uh, that would bring on better blockchain projects. But the exchanges uh, would need to have a better procedure in place in terms of due diligence, uh, mainly enhanced due diligence as to how a review blockchain firms and mm -hmm. list them. Mm -hmm. So the idea of that strengthening the exchanges is very, very important. And then of course, uh, at the end of the day, it's about trying to educate the public and educate uh, the prudential regulators right. Uh, right. around the globe. Uh, prudential regulators are uh, looking at uh, how uh, they can come up with the right policies uh, to implement um, you know, blockchain or even look at blockchain as a, as a way to uh, impact both bank, uh, banking industry, financial services industry. Um, and, and they're looking at it not just from a standpoint of a standalone country, but they're starting to look at best practices in other countries. So they're looking at what's going on in Switzerland, uh, what's going on in Malta, uh, what's happening down in the Bahamas, uh, Bermuda has been very key and very aggressive into promoting blockchain uh, industries out in Bermuda. Uh, so that's good that this dialogue that's being done. Here in the US, as you already know, we tend to take a very um, rules-based approach. I want to call it more rules-based and risk-based because I look at the Security Exchange Commission and at the more rules-based or potential regulator organization. Um, but yet you're starting to see them looking at risk and the risk spectrum and that being a consumer side for consumer protection, investor protection. And then on the enterprise side, in terms of how that's going to impact uh, a institution and the industry. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a quite, quite interesting dialogue. But the, the sentiment was not as exciting as the prior year. And mainly that was as a result of of not having the U.S. representation uh, from the executive level being the president, uh, as well as the French not being there, uh, not having that executive representation, that being their leader, respectfully, as mm -hmm. well as the, the British. Uh, mm -hmm. So there were some gaps there this mm -hmm. year. Right. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with our guest, Mr. Kenneth. A. Goodwin Jr. He is the Senior Managing Principal and President of Genesis Capital Markets. As you know, if those who are just now joining us, there is the other three parts of our discussion uh, that are up on our podcast along with James Smith of Catapult Research. And so uh, let's, let's jump in. Actually, uh, Kenneth, our time is flying by. But I wanted to talk about some projects you have coming up. Uh, the first one is the in the New York Institute of uh, Technology second annual blockchain AI conference and symposium NYIT, which will be on May first, two thousand nineteen. Tell us about this conference and symposium. Yes, Darrell, we are excited about being a partner in this opportunity with New York Institute of Technology which is one of the biggest technology schools, institute and technology schools in New York City, in the New York City tri-state area. In fact, the NYT is well known for the medical school. 
they've reduced a lot of doctors uh, that wind up working at a lot of the local uh, hospitals in New York City. So this year will be their second annual uh, financial technology, fintech, uh, blockchain, and artificial intelligence conference. I like to call it a symposium, Darrell, because it's mm -hmm. a lot much more bigger than just a normal conference where you have uh, speakers that attend. At this event, we're going to have uh, four different topics. One of the key topics that we're looking at is diversity in blockchain. Uh, we believe that the industry and it has grown somewhat in diversity, but there's a lot more room, a lot more opportunities to have diverse uh, backgrounds, diverse experiences, diverse expertise, diverse voices uh, to be on display and to be a representation. So that's going to be one of the exciting topics that we're talking about. The other one is going to be on asset tokenization, the concept of asset tokenization, uh, what could be tokenized, uh, the process of what it takes for an asset to be tokenized and classified. So we're going to have some really uh, special uh, experts on that panel. And the experts, they tend to be individuals who've been on TV, they've been on radio, uh, they're well-recognized, they've written books. So given that there's a large amount of authors at this event, what we decided to do was to have a book signing event also, which is part of the networking component to that. So there will be several speakers who will also be displaying their books, and that's an opportunity for the audience uh, to, and participants to go in and, and to get a book, to purchase a book, but also at the same time, the network. Uh, complementary to that, the realm, there will be a huge, uh, huge uh, uh, professional career symposium. So we're going to have several uh, major firms, corporations, who will be on display uh, talking about what is it that they do and with the hopes of recruiting and connecting to professionals in the industry. So, of course, those companies are looking to build on human capital, but most importantly, to build relationships. And then the, the final component that I excluded, that I should include, is, and this is the theme of the entire symposium, the theme of this, the symposium is globally local. And the idea is that blockchain, uh, artificial intelligence, financial technology is not just global, but we uh, have a... a very solid representation of that in New York City, in the tri-state area, uh, locally, and both being in human capital, Darrell, but also being in uh, financial institutions. Uh, so the final component of that will have a representation of a lot of the government service entities and NGOs that will be there, and that fall from the range of the Hong Kong Trade Development Council to the Japan Exchange Trade Organization, uh, to German-American Chambers of Commerce, uh, to uh, Switzerland, Switzerland Enterprise Group. So you have multiple, uh, more, hopefully the United Nations, we'd love to have them there as a representation. Uh, and the idea is that they're all interconnected. And, and the idea is that they all are working within the areas of artificial intelligence, blockchain, financial technology. So they do all have an interest uh, in these particular areas, and and hopefully, and we're looking at in terms of the numbers, uh, we're targeting anywhere between uh, maybe possibly one thousand to two thousand 
participants. Um, I know that the first uh, event that they had, that they had around about 500. So we're looking at increasing these numbers at least double-fold or, or three-fold. Wow, that is, that is awesome. And believe it or not, uh, Kenneth, we are running out of time, and I wanted you to also talk about your 144 BF fund, which will, re I guess it will be, it will debut in the third quarter. Yes, yes. I'm glad we had some time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Genesis Capital Markets, we spend a lot of time advising uh, several funds, and we say advise, is that we're, we're not a broker dealer. So we spend a lot of time working with uh, fund managers and connecting them to potential investors. Those investors include angel investors, seed investors, private equity investors, venture capitalists. And we've been doing this for a period of time. And we develop uh, a fund, a 144BF fund, and based off WD GAN model. As, as you already know, Jane Smith spoke on the radio about WD GAN and what GAN does in terms of uh, fixed income. Uh, currency, commodity, as well as cryptocurrencies. Uh, so the 144BN is a fund that would only focus on, it is a hybrid fund. So it is a trading portion to that, Darrell, but it's also the venture capital side to it too. And the venture capital side will focus mainly on the top 144 blockchain firms. So, and the idea is that these firms have stability, they have a management team in place, they have a strategy in place, and they're operating. And the on the other side, the trading side, will be focusing mainly on uh, trading stable coins uh, that is pretty much tied to um, fiat currencies. And that's fiat currencies being Switzerland, uh, being USD, US dollar, uh, as well as the uh, Japan yen, and as well as certain commodities. Uh, so it will be an active uh, fund uh, looking to target towards investors here in the U.S. And, and the idea is to do a round of raising uh, at anywhere between $25 million and going up to $50 million and eventually going up to $144 million. Now, the B means billion. So that tells you where we're looking at in the near right. future. <laughs> well, I so, tell you, so. <laughs> Ken, uh, we are unfortunately out of time, but I want to have you back on to talk more about the launch of the 144BF Fund. I want to thank you uh, for coming on our program. Well, Darrell, it's always a pleasure uh, being on the program, and we look forward to, I look forward to uh, having more future conversations with you. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, as you've heard here on Leadership with Darrell Gunter, Mr. Kenneth A. Goodwin Jr., who's the Senior Managing Principal and President of Genesis Capital Markets. Again, if you have missed any of this broadcast, you can catch this full broadcast as well as his other part one, part two, and part three. So again, we want to thank our guest, Mr. Kenneth A. Goodwin Jr. of Genesis Capital Markets. That wraps it up on this week with Darrell Gunter, with leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. But remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great week. WSOU 89.5 FM, WSOU.net.